Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. Today we're going to talk about breaking unwanted thought patterns and reacting differently than the subconscious way that we usually react. Wise people, including myself, thank you. Wow, wow, she thinks real highly of herself. (laughs) Mm. No one's surprised. (laughs) So wise people, and myself, say that the only thing that we can control in life is the way that we face our problems. And in theory, this sounds really beautiful. I mean, it does sound beautiful, but it also sounds a little you know, lofty and big and, and kind of unachievable in a way. It sounds empowering, like, oh, the only thing that we really have control over is our reactions to things, the way we think, our attitude, our mindset. But how many of us listening don't actually feel like we have control over our attitudes, our mindset, our perspective, the way that we face our problems? I definitely until a few years ago, did not feel like I had any control whatsoever about the way that I reacted when things went wrong. Did you, Brittany? No, that's for sure. I definitely felt like there's no way I can control how I react to something. That's just who I am. That's just how I react. But I found out maybe I don't always have to react the same way to things or I can see things a little bit differently. Well, and today we want to talk about exactly that. We want to talk about how we can train our minds and how we can go below the subconscious thought patterns. Is this the Matrix or are we in Star Wars? Because one's Jedi, one's the Matrix. Both. A little bit of both. (laughs) This is a real life training, Brittany, to feel happier. Oh, I'm not going to be a Jedi Master by the end of this episode? You will, too. Hold on. Okay. okay. Yeah, I already have a lightsaber waiting for you. Oh, my gosh. Here, look at it right here. I'm so excited. Don't cut my arm off. If you can conquer (laughs) the mind training. Okay. Then you can turn it on. I'll be a Jedi Master. I'll use the and Force. We can have a laser fight. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before we jump into a technique that we can use to break our thought patterns and think a different way and react a different way and try to have a different perspective and a different attitude and all that lofty, empowering stuff that we're going to dive deep into. Brittany and I want to give a couple examples of ways that we reacted to things that in that moment did not make us feel proud. So for example, in this moment, I'm about to tell, like, I really did not want to react this way, but I just, it was like, it was like I was watching myself on TV, just like acting this way that I was like, what are you doing, Amy? But I was in, it was impossible to stop myself. Like it was like a horror movie that I was just watching and my eyes were peeled open. I was like, make it stop. But I couldn't. You're yelling at the characters, don't go in the dark basement with the lights off. But you're the character going in the dark basement with the lights off. You're also watching yourself go in the dark basement with the lights off. 
Exactly. That's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> like that, except it was in a post office in Japan. I was 21 years old and I wanted to mail a letter, which seems like a very normal, innocuous thing to do. But when I was living in Japan, they write the address out a certain way. I didn't speak Japanese at the time. I wasn't aware of the way to write out the address. So I wrote it out like the American way that we would put an address on an envelope, but they do it completely opposite in Japan. I didn't know that. And so they, they wouldn't take my letter. And I was having a really hard time understanding why they wouldn't take my letter. You know, they couldn't understand me in English. I couldn't understand them in Japanese. I lived in a small town. There was no one there to help translate or to lend a hand. And I, I don't know what happened. I, I was so terrible at managing my anger at that time. I started getting really, really frustrated. That anger was just like rising up inside of me. I was so frustrated that they couldn't understand me. Why wouldn't they just take my stupid letter? And I lost it. And I started screaming at the postal clerk behind the counter in English, of course, like yelling, why won't you just take my letter? Making a huge scene, flailing my arms, you know, ripping my letter out of his hand, like throwing it in the air. I mean, I'm surprised I didn't take the letter and throw it down and like stomp on it. I was (laughs) pretty, pretty close to doing that. But the point is that I totally lost control of my emotions. Like I could have just been like, oh, thank you. And, you know, gone to work the next day and asked my coworkers who are Japanese but also speak some English. Hey, how do I like they wouldn't take my letter. Can you look at it? Like I it went from zero to 60 in like 30 seconds. And I made a huge scene. I embarrassed myself in a culture where the people are very reserved. And I literally could not stop myself. Yikes. <laughs> take that scene and repeat Oof. it like every two to three weeks when things went wrong like when they brought me the wrong food that I didn't order or when I was at the grocery store and they had sold out of the fish I wanted to buy I don't know like that kind of furious anger just that kind of reaction and behavior just kept rising up in me and rising up in me and rising up in me and that's certainly not how I wanted to face my problems the only thing we can control is the way we face our problems Trust me, I could not control that. That was like uncontrollable rage and it it could not be contained. Another time that very clearly sticks out to me was when I was talking to my friend, who was not Brittany, was a different friend. (gasps) You have other friends? No, Brittany. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. Just me and my cats. (laughs) Okay, that's what I thought. And you and the podcast. Okay. And all of our friends listening, they count. Exactly. Okay. And, the, and the community through the podcast, but that's it. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I don't talk to anyone else. <laughs> okay. I'm estranged with everyone. Okay. <laughs> People don't like me. They're like, Amy's so boring. I think you're interesting. Thank you, Brittany. All our audience thinks you're weird, but interesting. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. Well, this person who was not my friend that I was talking to, this acquaintance, and I were having a conversation. and. It was quite amusing, even though I'm not funny and she wasn't funny. Just something <laughs> funny came up, Brittany, so don't worry. Okay, okay, okay. Okay? I don't feel threatened. Yeah, don't feel threatened. <laughs> there's no one funnier than me and you together, okay, and there's no one who's better a friend than you. Okay, that's so my this brand. non-friend and I were being non-funny, but I suddenly started laughing because you know sometimes I have erratic behavior. Yes, yeah. I'm aware of that. Anywho, as I was laughing a lot, it's a bit of pee you know the good old urine ah classic started leaking out (laughs) of the good old bladder you know you laugh or you sneeze it's gonna be blood or it's gonna be pee you really never know but that's you know that's normal that's on par (laughs) exactly it was an unexpected laugh 
And I did not cross my legs first. Amateur. That's 101. Come on. I know. Good Lord. And next thing I know, some little tinkle was coming out. And then that tinkle turned into the big tinkle. And next thing I know, all the tinkle came out. And yeah, so I peed in front of my friend. We were sitting in my living room. This was a few years ago. So instead of making a joke or being like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that must have been really funny. I am so sorry. I'll be right back. I'm just going to do a quick change. Instead of handling the situation in a mature, calm, (laughs) put together fashion, I looked down, looked at her, and she just kind of had this look on her face, but she was really cool and open. I'm pretty sure I'm like, I have interstitial cystitis, and sometimes the pee comes out. Sometimes (laughs) I just lose my pee. Oopsie. I think she would have been cool, but because I reacted so awkwardly and like so uncomfortable, I literally, I just looked down and I, my, and I was like, my face just crumpled and I just burst into tears and I just ran out of the room into the bedroom and like shut the door. So then she's just like in the living room. Like awkwardly sitting there all alone. Like sitting there and there's Should I comfort her? Should I clean it up? Yeah, the sofa is like a little bit of pee on it, you know, and I'm in the room like crying and I'm like, oh my God, pull yourself together, Amy. (laughs) It is embarrassing. She's my new non-friend. Not my friend, my non-friend. Anyways, I was in the bedroom crying by myself and then I changed and then I came out really awkwardly and I was like, I'm I'm so, so. And then I cried again when I was telling her. It was just, it was a mess. And that's not how I wanted to react. Like, I literally just, if I look back, I wanted to say, oh, my God, sorry that happened. I'll be right back. Let's go into the bedroom. We'll talk there. I'll clean that up later. Let me change my pants. Done. (laughs) I had no control of my reaction, just like I had no control over my bladder in that moment. Mm, Sounds on brand for you. All right, so you told a story about crying, and now I'm going to tell a story about crying. Does anyone feel like Brittany is a copycat? I'm just trying to make you not feel so alone for your horrible reactions to things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make you feel part of a community with support, okay? Oh, you make me feel so comforted, Brittany. I'm trying, so let me have it. (laughs) If you don't mind, I'm going to tell my story now. Maybe I won't let you. Okay, but you're going to. Maybe if you tell your story, you're not going to get the the lightsaber that I promised you at the you're end of this episode. You're going to withhold the lightsaber from me? If your story is better than mine, then yeah. Oh, <laughs> now this is a competition. Can you be better at having a worse reaction than another person? <laughs> what kind of contest win is that? Wow, your reaction is way worse, so you win. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one's reaction is worse than mine in the post office Yeah, I'm in sorry. Japan, you're going to win on that one. Making a scene in front of like 10... <laughs> Wonderful Japanese people who just kept bowing at me, like, oh, no. and they're speaking Japanese, like saying sorry, like sumasen, sumasen, with the like, oh, with their no. little hands in that front makes me of them, cry. with their little white gloves on, yeah, oh, and I'm just gosh. like storming through like the tornado. Oh my goodness, it was really bad. On behalf of Amy Japan, am- we are so sorry. <laughs> okay, so my story is something I'm sure you could actually even relate to, and a lot of our listeners could relate to is. When the period cometh. Are we in Shakespearean time? Yeah, it's dramatic reading. Okay. It's and like the horseman cometh, and but what the period shall, cometh. What shall thou period oh. <laughs> <laughs> work with me? Everybody who's in English literature is cringing right now. <laughs> I like your attempt, though. I like your attempt. <laughs> so I remember laying in my bed, and I 
had just opened my eyes and it was a Saturday morning and the birds were tweeting. No, they weren't. But I remember laying there and I felt a twinge in my back and I was like, okay, I know that feeling. That's a very familiar feeling. That's the twinge of the period cometh. And so I laid there full of hopes and dreams for my weekend and the next week's plans because I actually had something really big planned. My birthday was coming. I was really excited. And I just started sobbing because all that I was saying in my head was, now my period's going to come. I have to cancel all my plans. Why does this always happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? Why can't I just catch a break? Why does it always happen at the worst time? Why can't I just have a little break from this? Why is it happening to me? Why is it my burden to carry? Why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have the worst luck? Why do I have the worst everything? And I was just spiraling into this like massive why me, why me party. Not the kind of party I wanted to have, honestly, near my birthday. But I was putting such stock and such emphasis on making my period personal. And a period is a human experience and it happens every month. And a lot of people with uteruses experience a period. But here I was making it like I was the only person in the whole universe who had to experience that. I couldn't control the sobs like just welling up in me and spilling out. And I couldn't control the spiral of why me. And I was making something that was just happened every month and just happened to me all the time. Something like the universe had a vendetta against me. (laughs) And it was just so silly, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop the spiral of why me? Why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have this luck? Why is this the hand I was dealt? Hold on. I think she's spiraling now. I'm spiraling again. Okay, Brittany, you heard, you told us, you told us already. I'm so I'm, sad. I'm actually petting her head right now, slowly and slowly and methodically. I need to go lay down in my bed. <laughs> this is the fifth day of I'll my period. I'm over it. <laughs> go ahead. Lay down. I'll bring you a cold okay. compress. There's not enough room in this box oh, okay, to lay down. Well, rest your head against the side of foam of the box. Okay. Okay. Good night, okay. everyone. It's okay. We know, Brittany. You made it personal. You felt like... Everyone was out to get you. You went down to Victim City. Oh, I don't like to be there. Sometimes we go there with all our credit cards, and then we get into debt. <laughs> we overspend. Oh God! <laughs> and we leave, and we're like, "Why do I have forty-five white sweaters that are not even my size?" <laughs> That's a very specific I'm thing to buy. My- that was my like back when I used to do a lot of shopping in order to numb my emotions, I was really into white sweaters. Yeah, I was going to say hyper-specific. <laughs> so many white sweaters that I never wore in my closet because shopping was my unhealthy coping mechanism. Yeah, retail therapy is not real therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. And it's bad for the environment and for the wallet and just in general. <laughs> so, clearly... What I think we've learned from Brittany and Mai's story, I win, by the way, with the Japanese incident. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. I mean, hands down. Thank you. I mean, if you're going to win You're in way worse control of your emotions than me. (laughs) Yeah. Preach. I know. I used to be awful at it. But I'm pretty sure that it's safe to say that until Brittany and I learned that we could be in control of our emotions, we were not. At all. In any capacity control <laughs> of them they were completely <laughs> uncontrollable are my reactions were completely out of my hands and it's made sense logically to me because it was like well i'm a person who gets easily angered like i'm an angry person and i'm a person who has angry outbursts 
Like, that is just who I am, and that is who I have been since I can remember, since, I, since childhood, and that, like, that's normal. And I'm a worrier, and I have always spiraled about things that could go wrong and would go wrong, and I've WebMD'd every little thing to ever happen to my body, and I have always been a worrier for as long as I can remember. So for me, spiraling about something and the possible outcomes of that felt kind of normal for me. And I don't think that Brittany and I are making, I don't think that we're making excuses. I think that this is a really normal thing to say in our society. It's like, this is who I am. This is reality. Yeah. I mean, there's a phrase that I'm a worrywart for a reason or I have a short fuse. I mean, those are common phrases. I'm an angry wart? No. (laughs) You're a wart? All right. You said I'm a worry wart, so I wanted to be a wart too. So I wanted to be an angry wart. And you have a short fuse. I want to be a fury wart. A fury. Oh. Okay. I like that. That's great. I'm a worry wart. You're a fury wart. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. We should get t shirts. (laughs) (laughs) We should get tattoos. I love it. A little wart with a name fury and worry. All right, so we're going to go get these tattoos and come back now. Okay, we'll be right back in about an hour. Tattoos went well. They're great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's not the tattoos we'd get together. What what tattoos would we get together? Well, I think if we did something that they have to be like those, like friendship tattoos. Oh, like, yeah. You know when they used to have those necklaces and they had a heart, mm-hmm. a half a heart, and then you'd have half a heart, and then together we'd have the whole heart. Yes. Or the yin and the yang. So... I'm thinking, like, uh, what if we each had half of a vagina? Like, I'd have the left labia, you'd have the right labia. I mean, descriptive, but, like, that's on our brand, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, you know, a Georgia O'Keeffe Ooh! version. <laughs> and then on our half of the labia, we could get each get the wart. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I'd have the fury wart on oh, my gosh. half, and you'd have the worry wart on yes, your what half. What I've always wanted, with a, little a bit of labia hair. with a genital wart. <laughs> with a little bit of hair coming out. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That is quite the visual. <laughs> okay, but vagina and wart joking aside, like, I knew the concept of The only thing we truly control in life is the way we face our problems. I knew that concept since college. But when I really tried to apply that concept and, like, examine my life and be like, oh, my God, I'm not in control of the way that I face my problems. And I want to change that. It just made me feel really disappointed in myself. Like, it caused a lot of self-judgment in myself to realize that I was not acting the way that I wanted to act in these kinds of situations. How did it make you feel, Worrywart? Well, as a self-prescribed perfectionist, I would say that when I realized I wasn't able to act in the way I thought was perfect because I felt out of control of that reaction, I felt really inadequate. Like, I wasn't able to live up to the expectation I had for myself, and it felt really defeating. So basically, we kind of both felt like we were failing at life. Yeah. In different ways. Accurate. We say it differently, but the core feeling it felt is the same. we're failures. We have no value. We're worthless. We're a big pile of stinky turd. Wow. I mean, I <laughs> oh. never thought I was a stinky turd. <laughs> well, <but laughs> I guess that was my negative. <laughs> that was my negative self-talk <laughs> coming through there. So we want to ask you, what about yourself? 
do you have you noticed that you have a way of reacting to things, be it in anger or when you're under stress or when a situation is just out of your control? Do you have a way of reacting that you want to change, a way that you don't like that you react? Or are you as cool as a cucumber and, you know, people just take you from the grocery store and they slice you up and they put you on their eyes and they put you in your sparkling water and they drink you and was that too far? I want a cucumber right now. (laughs) If you're cool as a cucumber and refreshing and revitalizing and hydrating. Okay, yeah, now I want cucumbers too. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to be a cucumber. I want someone to slice me up. Oh, whoa. Put me in their their water. (laughs) Wow. I think uh, Hannibal would love to talk to you. So before we move on to thought patterns that are often subconscious, we just want to say that when we are thinking about whether we have unwanted thought patterns or ways of reacting that we would like to change, we should really look at ourselves in a non-judgmental way. And we're going to get into that a little later on in the episode. But since I just gave a really stellar example of my super negative self-talk, We just really want to stress that we want to go into this objectively and non-judgmentally and just being curious, like just being a curious George, a curious observer of ourselves. Yeah, that's actually really important, the way that we approach this. So we're going to go way more in-depth than that in just a little bit. But first, we wanted to talk a little bit more about distorted thought patterns. You may not have identified with the examples that Brittany and I gave about behavioral reactions that we have like on the outside when a certain situation happens. So you may not get angry or upset or burst into tears or get defensive or flustered or isolate yourself or have like some of these more common reactive patterns. But you might be having thought patterns that you don't want in your mind. Yeah, your outside may look cool, calm, and collected, but your inside isn't. (laughs) So let's go inwards, Brittany. Oh, no. I was afraid you were going to say that. Yes, Brittany, the other half of my labia. (laughs) Right? You're my matching tattoo. I never thought I would be the other half to someone's labia. All right, but I get the clitoris, okay? Why can't we split that in half? There's you've so never, many nerve endings. Come on. You never split the clit. <laughs> oh, no. That should be the tattoo. Never split the clit. We're all going to get that tattoo. We're going to rename this podcast. Never split the clit. <laughs> and it's now a sex podcast. In 16 years, we've never split the clit. <laughs> oh, sex tips for having sex with endo. Never split the clit. <laughs> Rebrand. We're going to (laughs) rebrand. All right, Brittany, we're going deep into the deep, dark bowels of the mind. Oh, gosh. There's bowels in my mind, too. (laughs) But it's such a mess in there, both in the intestine bowels and the mind bowels. I don't want to go in there. Well, you got to, Brittany, if you want to get control of my bowels and the bowels. Oh, both bowels. Okay. Let's all go on a journey, Magic School Bus style, into my brain bowels. (laughs) So inside of Brittany's brain bowel, we can discover that she, like many of us, have what's called distorted thinking, which sounds so ominous, doesn't it? Yeah, yikes. I was looking up to do a little research for the podcast about, like, 
unwanted thought patterns. I didn't know the exact name of what they were. And it was coming up distorted thinking. And then they're also known as cognitive distortions. It's not a disorder, but it sounds very like ominous and scary. But it really is just your thought patterns kind of swaying to the negative. And that's why it's distorted. They're very common, but they're not positive. So that's where the distortion term comes from. So we want to mention a couple of really common ones right now. I want to point out that when I brought this list to Brittany and I was like, so which ones do you do? And she was like, oh, I only do that one. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I literally do all 10 of these. (laughs) Well, I used to before I learned this technique. So which is why we wanted this episode, because I had such just (laughs) apparently, according to the Internet and psychology today, I had so many distorted thought patterns, which I did. And I'm aware of that, which is why I was always like I always felt like everything was out to get me and I was get I would get really trapped in my thinking. And sometimes having these thought patterns can really negatively color your life because these distorted thought patterns can make you believe things about yourself and about your life that aren't true and that oftentimes are very negative. And when we think this way, then we can spiral into anxiety or depression or fear or worrying. So jumping to conclusions is one of the very common cognitive distortions. Just an example of jumping to conclusions, which I think is something so super common. And I used to do this all the time. Like if I would have a fight with my partner, I would get really nervous and start thinking, oh my gosh, no one is going to love me because I have endo. Like, I'm unlovable. I'm going to end up alone because I have endometriosis because no one is going to want to love a person with endometriosis, which, as we've previously established, is ridiculous. Totally false. So that is not true. But it's so easy to go from A to Z, skipping B, C, D, all the letters in between, and just jump to that final conclusion that is usually not true. So one of the next distorted thought patterns is black and white thinking. So is there like a checkerboard inside of your head? (laughs) We're all playing chess and it's black and white. (laughs) No, that's, I mean, well, yeah, you could see it that way. But but black and white thinking is more of the always never kind of thought pattern. So I either am something or am not. I either am successful or I am a failure. I either am always sick or, you know, that's that kind of like, always never am or am not. So sometimes when you have this thought pattern of I'm always sick, I always feel sick, we're forgetting last week when we had some okay days because we were right in between ovulation and period. (laughs) Haha, sweet spot. We forget about those okay or even good days because we're in that always sick mentality, which doesn't allow for anything else. If you're always something, there's no gray area in there. So that black and white thinking can really restrict you from seeing the positive in situations. Another thought pattern that's really common is called filtering. This is when you focus on the negative that happens in the day or within a certain event. And then you filter out and disregard everything that happened that was positive. Go ahead, Brittany. Tell us your experience with this. Messy things happen when you have your period. And I can remember being younger. This was really tricky for me because I have heavy periods and I frequently bled on things. And I remember one day having a really great day and it was 
like a party and I got invited and I was with all my friends and it was so wonderful. And I got up from a chair and I had the tiniest little blood spot. Like, I mean, tiny. I was wearing black pants. Nobody could see it. It was quite small. It was one of like those like tiny, like a pinprick, like or tiny, a, like a pencil, like eraser? a blueberry size, like quite Ooh, small. Yeah, that's not that tiny, Brittany. Okay, but it wasn't like Brittany. That's huge. <laughs> that is enormous. This that's is, how I felt at the time. This is your. This is Brittany's mind talking right now. That is so big. The People are going everywhere. to notice. <laughs> Well, I and they're all gonna laugh quick, and okay? point their fingers at you. <laughs> Don't you know, laugh at me. Brittany has left a red blueberry, so it's really a <laughs> raspberry. <laughs> that's so much bigger. <laughs> Maybe that's how big it really was, oh Brittany. Oh my gosh, I'm undergeneralizing. <laughs> no, so I I wiped it off really quickly, and I ran to the bathroom, and I took care of it because I was used to it at that point. But the whole party and the whole day had been one of the best days ever. But all I could think about was the fact that I bled through my pants. So the thought pattern is filtering, and I filtered all the good stuff out and only focused on the bad thing. And I thought that was the worst day ever. I was at a party, and I bled through my pants. That's so awful. And I only focused on this one tiny thing that nobody noticed. I was able to change my pants. Nothing, like, nothing happened. But I had to ignore all of the good and only focus on the bad because I wasn't able to kind of take that with everything else and take the day as a whole. I filtered out all the good. And only focused on the thing that really affected me internally. Um, sorry, Brittany. I'm going to take your blueberry-sized blood and I'm going to raise you all in watermelon-sized oh my. blood. Oh, my. I think I know where this is going. As I tell the story <laughs> about a distorted thought pattern called rumination, which is when you obsessively, obsessively think over and over and over and you cannot stop. And it's like... The claws of your mind are gripped on this one event or sentence or... It's like a never-ending circle. It just it keeps just going. It just going and going and going and going and going and going. And I was the worst or perhaps the best ruminator. <laughs> which is worse. I which was is better. Ruminating was my downfall. Like, I could not... When something would happen and it would cause me fear or anxiety, like, I could not let go for hours and hours and hours and hours. My quick story, hopefully, involves, um, so when I lived in Japan and part of the time I lived in Japan, I lived in Tokyo. And I really enjoyed going to clubs. Tokyo has some of the best clubs in the world. I love dancing. I love deep house music. And really world famous DJs would come to Tokyo every single weekend. My best friend in Japan was also a DJ, so he would open at a lot of these events for the really famous DJs. And so then afterwards, we got to, like, be in the VIP area and in the back lounges. Oh, that sounds so fancy. Amy knows famous celebrity DJs. No, Amy met oh, several okay. famous celebrity <laughs> DJs, but is not, like, friends. Yeah, we didn't, Aww. like, become friends. We exchanged numbers. I mean... It just was totally different. Like, if I was living in New York City or something, trust me that these experiences would not have happened. So I'm not trying to be like, I'm so cool. I, I mean, you are cool. I, but... Thank you, Brittany. I was just to be like, <laughs> I am so cool, hair flip. But no, no, it was not like that. It was just like, as a foreigner, it was easy to meet other foreigners. And so 
I took advantage of those opportunities. And where I'm going with this, I am going somewhere with this. Ten years later, she's going to ruminate on how long the story took. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ruminating on the detail right now. The point is, we were with a really, really world-famous DJ who I, of course, I'm not going to say his name, but we were at the after party in his hotel room. And it was him and he had his crew with him and it was me and my best friend and like my boyfriend and my best friend's girlfriend. And it was just like a small gathering of like eight people. We were listening to music. It was a party. Everyone was drinking. I don't drink. Interstitial cystitis makes me. You just pee. <laughs> makes me pee all over myself. So I am not a drinker, which made it worse because I was completely sober. Anywho, here's what happened. I was at the party and I was on like the second day of my period and I had taken a lot of painkillers and I was there and I bled all the way through my dress and I was sitting on the hotel bed, which is white. They had taken off like the comforters and stuff. So it's just like the mattresses that were white with white sheet and, you know, the white pillowcase and I was sitting on the bed and I was talking, talking. I was face-to-face with a super famous DJ. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so cool. Like, I'm sitting with this DJ who's my idol who plays the (laughs) best music. Like, I can't even believe in the situation. Like, pinch me. This is so freaking amazing. And your uterus is like, I will pinch you, girl. I will. It's like, I got you. But I didn't feel (laughs) it. I'm going to punch you in the head. I didn't feel it because I was all, had taken sufficient pain medication (laughs) to be out and about. It's a proverbial punch is what your uterus is about to do. So we were like talking and laughing. We were getting along so well. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And as I got up from the white bed with the white bed sheets where everything was so white, pristinely white, you know, the hotel color white. It's like like the whitest white white you've ever seen in their whole life. You're like, I'm going blind for how white this is. Well, as I got up, I noticed a enormous and when i say enormous i mean like oh my god it was literally we're talking a blood stain that was literally the entire size of my butt like the whole thing and not only was it a stain but it was like fresh blood like it was a puddle then i went to the bathroom and i saw that like my tampon was not even in. It must have, like, oh, fallen no. out when I pooed or something. But everything was numb. <laughs> and Yeah, and, like, I didn't notice. I was, like, didn't even have a tampon. I was, like, oh, my God. So, basically, wait for it. So, when I got up and I saw that thing, I was, like, I didn't know what to do. So, before I went into the bathroom, like, running there in shame, being, like, oh, my God, I have to wash up. But, luckily, I was wearing a black dress. So, I got up and, like, he didn't look down because we were, like, talking, right? So, I, like casually so casually grabbed one of the pillows and i pulled it down to cover the puddle and i thought okay i'm gonna go to the bathroom and like so i don't bleed everywhere else you know like a bleeding goat right (laughs) stuck pig (laughs) exactly that's it and so that i like i like rushed and i rushed back out like not even a minute later someone not the famous dj but like one of his crew members had taken the pillow and move the pillow because he wanted to lay on the bed and use the pillow, but he had flipped the pillow. So he was not aware. He was reclining. His back was in my blood puddle. His head was on my blood pillow puddle. Okay. Okay. No matter how many times I hear this story, it's never better. They're famous. I mean, it's bad enough, but like, they're like famous. I mean, it shouldn't be this, but it's just, 
I don't know what it is about famous people because you're like, they're just people too. Like he was just a person too, right? But it was like he had come in my mind with so much prestige and, you know, people like, I would die to hang out with you. And there I was hanging out with him, bleeding everywhere, all over his crew (laughs) members' back and hair. Anyhow, what I did was I, I very calmly, I think I reacted really well, actually. I very calmly said, oh my gosh, has anyone noticed? There's some blood there over there on, let's call him Jimmy. His name was not Jimmy, but there's some blood over there on, Jimmy's got some blood on the pillow. Like, did someone get cut? Was Did a glass break? Maybe some shard got in someone's arm? Like, everyone here, look around and see if they know where that blood is. I was so... Wow. Not, I was just so cool. <laughs> I was like so nonchalant. I was like, oh my goodness. You know what? I'm going to call housekeeping. I'm going to have them bring up a new... I'm like, oh, Jimmy, oh my goodness. There's a little bit of blood in your back. Why don't you change it? Of course, he's wearing a white shirt because, you Everything know, is white in this room. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck, people? Okay. <laughs> so that's my story. What's really cool is that I'm pretty sure the DJ knew what happened. He just didn't acknowledge it. Yeah. He was so cool. Like, you know what? Some people are real jerks, right? And I'm not saying famous people. I'm just saying people in general can be such jerks. Like, you can be in a situation like that where you like bleed a tiny little blueberry sized piece of blood the way Brittany does and people lose their minds like you're disgusting. I've been called disgusting before for much less things than like what happened in that hotel room. And people can be so cruel and rude and unempathetic and mean to you. And this DJ, bless his heart, and his music is really good, but bless his heart, he was so nice like he was like i don't know what happened while like looking at me but not in like a not in like a <laughs> not an accusatory or yeah just obvious like, way yeah oh i kind of like oh i'm playing along right like i don't know what happened well but we'll just how get housekeeping to come up and strip the sheets and i was like great i'll take care of that so we just got them to come up change the sheets and the party continued and i did not sit down again <laughs> and i went to the bathroom every like half an hour and just like poked my finger like is the string there? Yes. Okay. I do have a tampon. Oh, no. I am still wearing a tampon this thing. time. Thank you. And that was my kind of long story, but I feel like it was worth it. Some stuff has happened to you that is just so out there, but it's so true and it's so funny the way that you react to some of these things and the way that they happen to you. No matter how many times I hear that story, I'm always not sure if I should scream in horror or laugh. Maybe a little bit of both. Like, scream laugh scraff because it's such a like a traumatizing thing to happen but it's also so funny because who else would that happen to just you of course it happened to you it's like oh you you meet a famous world-renowned dj you and get you invited to his hotel <laughs> after party with just eight people in the party and then you bleed all over his bed and his crew member lays in it. And then blood gets everywhere. Oh, classic Amy. Yep. But that is true. And the point of that was that afterwards, even though I was so cool in the moment, I could not stop thinking about it. I was ruminating about it. And then I was just thinking over and over like, oh, my God, he knew it was me. He knew it was me. Like, he knew it was me. He wants me to leave. Like, he knew it was me. And then I was going to the worst case scenario in my mind, which is another distorted thought pattern of catastrophizing. Oh, a twofer. Oh, yeah. Catastrophizing. <laughs> catastrophizing. Yeah, which is not a real word, by the way, but apparently that's the name. So, like, thinking that it's 
like in this catastrophe mode. So then I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to figure out it was me. And then he's going to kick me out of here. And that's gonna be so embarrassing. And then he's going to post on social media, my picture and be like, this stupid idiot bled all over my bed. I mean, that would not happen, right? Because no. he was not a jerk. He was such a, like I said, wonderful human being. But my mind took it so far. And then I was just so obsessively thinking about that. And then I was obsessively checking my tampon and going to the bathroom, make sure it was still there every 15 minutes. And then every time I like walked, I would look down and be like, is there blood on my leg? And But it's just their fears, you know, they're just these social anxiety and social fears, but they feel very real. And when it sounds like this one situation could have been all of these (laughs) rolled into one, you had the black and white thinking, you had the filtering, you had the overgeneralization, you had jumping to conclusions, you had catastrophizing, you had the personalization of making it all about you, and you ruminated on it. Wow, that's a royal flush. Well, when you bleed on a famous person, you're allowed to have a royal flush, Brittany. Okay, yeah, okay. fair. <laughs> okay, you can go bleed on a famous person. All right. I'm good. <laughs> and as I just mentioned in there, the final one is personalization. And Amy displayed this beautifully with her situation because she was so wrapped up in what was happening to her and she was obsessing about how everything had to do with her and everything that was happening at the party was because of what happened. And it wasn't. The party went on. The party was fine. She didn't even think about the poor guy who got blood on his head. She was thinking about how her situation affected everybody's mood or everybody was going to kick her out. And she personalized something that just happened and really had nothing to do with her as a human and made it all about how it was going to affect her personally. So you royal flushed on that story and you got all of them all in one. I think it's really important to recognize when we're having these kinds of distorted thoughts and learning how to take back our control from them and learning how to stop these thoughts and change these thought patterns. Because ultimately, you don't have to bleed on a famous person to have these negative thought patterns and have them negatively influence your life, your anxiety levels, your relationships, your self-esteem. Like. What if we could really just see the situation objectively instead of judging ourselves and judging the situation and seeing it as negative? I think that we could be a lot happier in our lives. So now we've talked about Amy's bloodbath and we're going to move on (laughs) to how to put this into practice. Okay, so I think the first step to starting to put this into practice is to ask yourself how you want to face your problem or how you want to react. And you might be like Amy, who has all of these things or had all of these things. Thank uh, you, Brittany. <laughs> which is no okay. Shame. We there already said no judgment. no judgment. It is okay, okay that my thinking was so distorted. I think you're judging yourself, but I'm not judging you. I'm not. Okay. You were judging me. No, I was not. Oh, geez. Now I was overgeneralizing and jumping to conclusions. <laughs> See? God, you we're can still never working be rid on it. Of the thought patterns. <laughs> but you can be better at it. Yeah. No, you can get rid of them. Yes. So, practice. Amy may have had all of them at one point, and I have had one or two of them. I have had one or two but of that, them. I have I'm plenty Brit- of other things I'm wrong Brittany. with me. <laughs> never bled on a famous person. I only have a one. No, but I've bled bending over in the middle of work and then customers had to point out the blood puddle down the back of my pants. So I've had things happen to me, okay? 
Thank you, Brittany. Oh, Thank fitting you. room disaster. Why am I leaving blood prints on everything? Oh, anyway. So I think it's just important to note that you don't start with all of the things. You start with one of the things. It's important to first recognize the behavior that you want to focus in on and then also identify how you can focus in and switch that from a distortion into neutral or positive thinking. So I learned in anger management. Yes, I went to anger management and it helped me manage my anger. Thank goodness or she'd yell at me a lot more. (laughs) I don't yell at you anymore. Never. I haven't been calm. I mean, I haven't been angry. <laughs> wow, Freudian slip. <laughs> I haven't been angry in like 10 years. I gained a lot of clarity that I did not want to be a person who had angry emotional outbursts. I wanted to, if something went wrong and it made me feel out of control or upset, I wanted to walk it off. All right. So that's the first step is that we've identified what we want to change, and how we want to try to change it. Step one, achieve. Check it off. Check the box off. What I want to know, Brittany, is, yes, I have clarity in the person that I want to be, but how do we change the person that we are? Like, how do we change the person that we have been all of our lives? And how do we, let's see what you're going to say to this, huh? huh? Wow. How do we, listen hard, Brittany, how do we control reactions and thought patterns that seem subconscious, like things that just rise up in us when we face a challenge or when we feel fear or social awkwardness. How how do we do that? Like, how do we stop filtering? How do we stop jumping to conclusions? How do we stop catastrophizing? <laughs> catastrophizing. Catastrophizing. Wow. I mean, that's not actually a word because every time I typed it out, Spell check was like, yes, that's not a that's word. It's not a real word. <laughs> so it's like a made up psychology word. So bless my heart for not being able to pronounce it. But how do we do this, Brittany? Like, how do we actually react differently to a situation? How do we actually have different thoughts to a situation? How? How, Brittany? How? <laughs> oh, Why did we get maniacal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's the million dollar question, Amy. And my million-dollar answer is, yes, I paused for effect because the answer is a pause. (laughs) It's called the sacred pause. We invented that. It's not, I don't know if it's really called the sacred pause. To us, it's called the sacred pause. (laughs) It's a sacred. sacred Saying sacred makes it feel so important. That's why. It is really important. It is a sacred, super valuable, irreplaceable pause. But sacred sounds better than irreplaceable pause. Does it, though? Mm. Oh, another sacred pause. (laughs) (laughs) That was the pondering pause. Oh, there's so many pauses. Ooh, I like the pondering pause. (laughs) Me too, because that is essentially what it is. The curious pause. The The peaceful pause. The non-judgmental pause. Whatever kind of pause you want to call it. It's just, it's a pause. In order to activate, (laughs) it sounds like a superpower. In order to activate your sacred pause power. (laughs) I thought it was called the pondering pause. Okay, whatever the kind pee-pee. of pause. Oh, no, that's something different. <laughs> okay. In order to activate your pee-pee. Oh, whoa. Like the pee-pee that ran down my leg when I laughed with my non-friend at the beginning of this oh, episode. <laughs> so many peas. <laughs> period, pee. Like, there's just so many peas. 
Okay, in order to activate your superpower, the something, pause. First, you must actually notice that you're doing the unwanted thought pattern slash subconscious reaction. For example, Brittany finds herself at home. It's 6 p.m. Her husband is normally home by 6 p.m. He texted her at 5.30 and said, I'm leaving work, hon. E. See, I put the sacred pause in between hun and E in case it was hun or honey or just E. Or neither. It's neither. <laughs> okay. He calls you my perfect princess, my pee-pee. Oh, wow. How do you find more ways to work that in? Anywho, it is 6 p.m. and he is not yet at home. Brittany checks her phone obsessively. No messages from her husband. She calls him even though she knows he should not answer the phone when he's driving because that's dangerous. But she hopes he'll pick up with a speakerphone and keep his eyes on the road. This sounds like me. (laughs) But he does not answer. Brittany begins to catastrophize. It's my one thing. I thought filtering was. She must have two. Filtering was when I was younger. I worked that one out, but I still Uh, haven't worked this one out. Okay. Now I don't care what I bleed all over, but I still care about the catastrophes. (laughs) 6.01, he's not home. 6.02, he's not home. Brittany's losing her mind. Where is he? He must be dead. On the side of the road. In a puddle. In a ditch. In the rain, (laughs) even though it's not even raining. (laughs) The road got slippery, and he went off the overpass. But it's a perfectly clear, sunny day. Where is Brittany's husband? At 6.10, he arrives home. Brittany is sobbing. She has the phone in her hand. She's pressed the nine. She's pressed the one. (laughs) And she's waiting to press the last one. I would never call the police. First, I would track the traffic reports to see if there was any accidents reported. Then I would see, find my friends, see where he was on the map. Those are the things that I would do. I just outed myself. <laughs> I'm telling the story, and Brittany already did that. That's why she had the phone in her hand with the nine, the one, and the final one. As she was about to press, she heard the key in the door. There's her wonderfully southern husband. <laughs> Home safe. But in Brittany's mind... He was dead, and she was in the hospital, and she was calling his mother, and she was telling his mother, Mama Husband. (laughs) Mama Husband. What are these names you come up with? To help their privacy. Mama Husband. My husband is dead. Your son, Brittany's husband. This dramatic reading is is something else. Because that's what happens when, so that's the thing, when you are catastrophizing or jumping to conclusions or filtering, whatever you're doing, you get so lost in your thought pattern that you, it's really hard to realize that you're doing that. Like when you're jumping to the worst case scenario, you're in the worst case scenario in your mind. Our thoughts are so seductive right? And they just sweep us away. And so a thought comes and you're like, yahoo, I'll get on that ride. The choo-choo train comes in and you jump in, you throw your stuff on, you throw on your dog. Throw my dog? (laughs) Wow. I pack all my belongings, I chuck them on the catastrophe train, and off we go. And there you go. Bye-bye. Choo-choo. The first step in changing your thought patterns or changing your reactions that you don't want to things is actually noticing that you are doing that, which is really, really hard. Like, I think that is the hardest part is being like, 
in your mind calling the police because your husband is 10 minutes late. You're you're there in your mind. You're starting to get upset. You're starting to feel anxiety. You're starting to feel like you want to cry. Like you're feeling fear in this knot in your stomach. Like you're when you're in your thoughts, you go there, baby, right? Like you are there. So being able to take a step back and be like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm catastrophizing, catastrophizing. <laughs> you had it right the first time. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm doing that thing I can't pronounce the name of. I'm doing it. <laughs> now that Amy has sufficiently roasted me, we're going to talk about another example of how to identify that you're doing the action. Truth hurts, Brittany. So you about to get a dose of your own medicine, <laughs> girl. <laughs> so Amy's biggest issue was anger. Is anger. Ew, excuse you. And <laughs> no, it's not, Brittany. I will kill you if you don't stop talking about. I mean. I hope everybody heard that. I mean. <laughs> no. So when Amy is at home in her comfortable home, something triggers her. Something just. There's a bee in her bonnet. Something gets her all uppity and angry and frustrated. Maybe it's the fact that her partner's asking where his keys are, where they're hanging on the door, where they always are, and he can't find them. Why can he never find anything? Why can men never find anything? I don't understand. (laughs) I really... See, this is true to life. (laughs) I really don't... I mean, that would infuriate anyone. So she goes into her cabinet. I'm scared. (laughs) Staring at her partner while screaming, The keys are where they always are! And she opens the cabinet door. And she takes out a plate. No. Like a Frisbee. Oh, God. And hucks it at the wall. <laughs> that sounds sadly familiar, yes. <laughs> and it shatters into a million pieces. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. She takes out another plate oh, and she no. slams it down on the ground. Time for a bowl. She opens the drawers. She finds her throwing stars. She start- Oh, no, no. <laughs> she doesn't have those. Um, she takes her chopsticks and like little darts, she starts throwing them at the wall. And they stick into the wall, making an outline around her partner. She starts to pick up the third plate, and she goes, oh, oh, crud. I'm doing it. <laughs> I think I'm three... I think I'm having an anger issue right I now. I think I'm three plates deep in one of those angry outbursts we learned about in management class there. Look, she's identified it. She noticed. She's at step one. She did it. She noticed she was really angry and having an outburst. Okay, Brittany. So once a person has identified that they're in the unwanted reaction or they're in the unwanted thought pattern, what do they do? Oh, I know what they do. What? They start to criticize and berate themselves and become really judgmental and be like, what is wrong with you, you stupid Stinky turd. How come you always have this kind of thought pattern and reaction? You're such a failure at life. You're a loser. You're incompetent. You're incapable. No one will love you. You're stupid and you're ugly and you need to lose weight. Wow, this sounds like um, (laughs) you've had this thought pattern before. (laughs) And that may be what we do, but that's not what we're supposed to do. (laughs) We're in this section of the episode talking about what we're supposed to do. I know not, that's what I was asking. Yeah, not are we that. supposed to do that? No, we are not supposed to do oh, that. Okay. Don't let yourself call yourself a stinky loser turd. <laughs> you are a winner turd in my book. <laughs> and you smell like roses. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that, but Petunias? you're a winning turd. <laughs> Jasmine. <laughs> Freesias. <laughs> okay, so let's establish right now, just to be clear, so that everyone listening is clear. What we are not supposed to do is we are not supposed to judge ourselves because 
It's okay that we're having these unwanted thought patterns. These are things that we have been doing, some of us since we were little. Like these are patterns in our mind and reactions that we are used to doing. And that's why we're doing them. Yeah, the brain is good at remembering how we react to things and loving to do that over and over again. So it's easy to default to that because that's what we've told our brain we want to do. So it's really hard to not think this way. It's really hard to break the habit. When you've reacted in an angry outburst a thousand times or probably more over your life, or you always jump to conclusions, or you always do filtering where you just focus on the negative, then that repetition in your mind solidifies your neural pathways. But we want to be really clear that it is not, like, I feel like as humans, we can be really quick to judge ourselves and we can be really quick to assign fault, especially self-blame. So we just want to be really clear that it is not your fault if you have these kind of unwanted reactions or these cognitive distortions that you don't want to be having. Like, they are just subconscious patterns of behavior and subconscious patterns of thought that have got cemented in there from repetitions, from doing them over and over and over, when you do something the same way over and over and over, your brain fortifies those connections. And then it's just really easy for that to become your automatic subconscious behavior. That's why when we do things by repetition, we can learn a new habit. And unfortunately, when we do things by repetition, like have unwanted thought patterns or continuously have angry outbursts the way that I used to, that also can become solidified as an unwanted habit, as an unwanted thought pattern. And then when something happens, that's our mind's first inclination because that's what our mind knows how to do. So it's okay if you have these cognitive distortions. It is okay if you have these unwanted behaviors because they're just patterns and luckily they can be broken and you can make a new pattern for yourself. So it's actually really freeing to, to know that information, to know that you don't have to be, I'm an angry person or I'm a worry wart. But we don't have to be the fury and the worry wart. We can be the calm cucumbers. We can be the two halves of a split labia. Wow, painful. <laughs> <laughs> So we just did the first step of the process was identifying that we were doing the behavior. Whatever the behavior is, we've identified that we're currently doing it. So the next step is to take the sacred, triple P, peaceful pondering pause. It's a lot of P's all at one time. In that moment, we use the whatever P word pause. <laughs> you pick your own. Oh, another P. Ooh, they're following me. So we use our sacred pause. The third step after the pause is to make a new behavior that replaces the old reaction. So how do we do this? Yeah, Brittany, how? how? The answer is neuroscience. <gasps> I get to do neuroscience? Yeah, isn't that cool? How do I do that? I'm not a scientist. I don't have a white lab coat and a microscope and a magnifying glass. A magnifying glass? <laughs> you mean a microscope? <laughs> And a magnifying glass. <laughs> it's a microscope on the go. <laughs> oh. Okay, all right, fair. You're like a detective, a science detective now. No, in neuroscience you can do because you have a brain. 
Well, that's debatable at times, but yes. <laughs> but yes, you technically have a brain. <laughs> so as you just talked about, we solidify those pathways when we're performing our reaction or our habit. But using neuroscience, we can actually erase or diminish those pathways and forge new ones. I can shrivel up the old pathway and forge a new one. I yes. feel like I'm I feel like I'm burning down villages and building Rome. Yes, you are. Can I wear a toga? Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> sure you can, honey. <laughs> okay, hold on while I go change my clothes. <laughs> She's back with her toga. Okay. Yes. And it's all white, the kind of really bleached white. You have bad luck with things that bright white. I would be careful. <laughs> and she casually moves the pillow near her. <laughs> Please get off my floor. <laughs> yes, it's like building Rome, but in your brain. So it's even more important, honestly. Wow. It really is. So like we said, your old reaction was automatic. It just subconsciously happened. But with neuroscience and reforging those new pathways using your new chosen behavior, you can make that your automatic reaction. You can make that your subconscious feeling and thought pattern without even having to think about it every time. Oh, my God. So I have to try really hard at the beginning, but then I have to try less, and then I just don't have to try because it'll become the person that I am. That's the amazing thing about it. <laughs> I love my There's brain. a little work up front, but thank you, goodness, <sighs> brain, for taking it over at the end. <laughs> thank you, neuroscience, for making those pathways. This is definitely true. I feel like when I was dealing with a lot of anger in my early 20s and I was trying to break that reaction. At first, it was very hard to even notice when I was having an angry outburst because I was more apt to notice like after I had the outburst and like as I saw like oh, all the glass were shattered around me or like the horrified look on my boyfriend's face would be like, oh, oops, I just got like really caught up in being angry. <laughs> Oopsie. Oopsie. Oh my. So what I would do is when I caught myself at whatever point that would be, sometimes it would be after I would have an angry outburst. But sometimes as I began to practice, I could move when I caught myself, like when I noticed I was having that unwanted behavior, I could notice that sooner and sooner in the timeline. So maybe I would notice after I threw the first plate, oh my goodness, I'm in the middle of the angry outburst, like I have to employ the sacred pause. The more that I did that, the more I was even able to move the sacred pause to be even earlier, like at some point, and not even that long, maybe like after like about six weeks of, of really trying to recognize when I was having an outburst, I began to just notice when I was on the fringe of an outburst, like when I felt the anger boiling up, rising in my body, like I could notice, oh, I'm feeling really furious right now. Like I really, really have the urge to throw something, but I would employ my sacred pause. And I would catch myself before even having the outburst. So I feel like that is the ultimate goal is to keep catching. The more you catch yourself, the more you'll be able to observe yourself and to catch yourself sooner and sooner and sooner. What a great goal to be able to redirect to your new and improved chosen behavior before the bad old one even starts. I think that's a great goal to get to. And it's achievable. Yes. With practice. With a lot of practice. Not even, I mean, really, though, not even that much. Like, it obviously depends on how often you do the behavior. And it depends on the behavior, too, I feel. Mm -hmm. In my experience, I think it can take, like, anywhere from maybe, like, six weeks to a couple of months to, if it's, like, a really deep-rooted behavior, as they often are, maybe it can take, like, six months. But 
with patience and practice and the sacred pause, it is definitely possible to make these changes in your thought patterns and make these changes in your behavior in a relatively short time. And the other thing is if you, there's a whole branch of psychology called cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT. Exactly. And so we're not mental health professionals. We want to put that out. Like we're not teaching you some therapy. We're just teaching you like a common way that people catch and change their unwanted thought patterns and reactions. But if this sounds really interesting to you and you want to enlist the help of a professional, you can look online for therapists and counselors and mental health professionals who are trained in cognitive behavioral therapy, and they can help walk you through exercises to become aware and to identify and to solidify new thought patterns. So we completed step one. We identify that Amy has an anger issue. Had. (laughs) We accomplished step two, which was her peaceful pondering pause. And now we're moving on to step three, which is creating a new behavior to replace the old one. So Amy, when you were learning to replace your angry outbursts, What behaviors did you use to replace that? I used the behavior of moving my body because I feel like when you have an angry outburst, you're like want to explode anger out of your body. Hence, you want to like throw things. You want to like get out your anger, right? Like punch something or you're just like you need to move your body, in my opinion. So I enlisted the walk it off technique. And if I could not go take a brisk walk preferably outside for like 10 minutes, then I would shake it out. So I would just begin to like shake my hands and shake my arms and like lift up a foot and shake my foot and shake the other foot. Kind of like you're doing the hokey pokey. (laughs) Turn yourself about. That's what it's all about. (laughs) Turn your anger off with the hokey pokey. That's a really smart way to redirect the energy that you're feeling from your anger into something neutral or positive instead of the old reaction. So I really like that. I think that the other cognitive distortions can all each have a different way to redirect yourself or create a new pattern or behavior. So we're going to talk a little bit about each of them and some ideas that have helped us to reforge a new pathway. And they're going to be different for you. They Some of these might work for you or you may find something else. But the point is to find something that works for you and then focus in on that and use that to replace the old behavior. Okay, Brittany, why don't you tell us what you did when you found yourself filtering and just focusing, focusing on the negative and ignoring every other thing that happened in your day, things that were positive, things that were neutral. What did you do to make a new pattern of behavior and make new neural pathways for that pattern? Well, the very first thing I did actually was when I noticed I was doing it and took my pause, I would actually let out a big sigh. And I don't know about everybody, but I find sighing to be very cathartic. (laughs) It's just this big exhalation of all this like pent up tension that you're focusing on something. And I was holding my body so tense because I was focusing on this one thing. Then my new thought pattern, instead of focusing on the negative, was to find some positives. And usually in my day, there was a lot of positives, but I, as because I was filtering, I was ignoring them. So the positives could be super mundane, like, I got to work on time or it wasn't raining today or they could be really great things like my dog did the sweetest thing or my partner was really kind to me. They can be little or big things, but I would focus on those positives rather than only focusing on the one negative 
and it would help me to see a big picture. My day as a whole was positive rather than my day was negative because of one bad thing. And it helped me to stop obsessing over that one bad aspect of my day. One of the last examples is with black and white thinking, which I think is a common problem for a lot of people, is the always, never type of language. So saying things like, I'm always sick, or I can never do anything I want to do, or I always screw everything up, I'm never good enough. This language can be really, one, self-limiting, but two, also put us in that place of our thought pathways not helping us, not being working for us. So there's kind of two steps that I found have been really helpful with this, and one is just changing the word you're using. So saying, okay, instead of saying, I'm always sick, saying, sometimes I'm sick. And then when I say sometimes I'm sick, I focus on the times when I'm not. I say, sometimes I'm sick. Today I was sick, but yesterday I felt great. I'm never good enough. Sometimes I feel like I mess things up. But yesterday I accomplished this task so well and I feel so proud of it. And today I didn't accomplish it as well as I want, but tomorrow I'll probably do even better. So changing the always never language to soften and be more open and accepting of yourself. And then highlighting times for yourself when you did the converse of what you're thinking. So if you're always thinking you're messing something up, talking about when you're not. And if you think you're never able to do anything because you don't feel well, think of times when you could. That's a really great way to just think of life in general because sometimes we can limit ourselves and limit what we feel like we're capable of because we're using that language that makes us feel like we're not able to accomplish what we want. So those are just some examples of how you can start to make new thought patterns and behaviors and reactions for yourself to get rid of those pesky, unwanted, negatively biased behaviors or thought patterns. If this is interesting to you and you're looking for a way to break a thought pattern, you're feeling kind of stuck, you can go online. There's a lot of information on the internet about cognitive distortions or distorted thoughts. It's really good to read some articles. They have more examples. Like we just gave some of the more common examples and things that we have experienced ourselves. But there's like, I don't know, I think about 15 or something that I saw on on some psychology websites. So you can go on there and you can take a look at the list and be like, oh my goodness, I do this. And I didn't even realize that I was doing this. And then you can try to tackle that thought pattern and life could possibly be by putting in a thought pattern and a reaction that you want to have and not something that just subconsciously rises from inside of you due to the automatic neurons and pathways in your brain. And so that's really what we wanted you to take away today, apart from everything. Oh, and me bleeding on a celebrity. (laughs) But inside of that pause, inside of that sacred space, inside of that stillness, that's where we have the chance to create the life that we want through the reactions, through, through our actions, through our thoughts. When we're inside of that pause, that's when we have the power to ask ourselves. How do I want to react to this? How do I want to feel about this? What do I want to think about this? For me, I think that inside of that pause, inside of that stillness, is 
the ability for me to be the person that I actually want to be. I don't have those outbursts anymore, but even when I did have the outbursts, I was not an angry person. That wasn't my inherent nature. That wasn't who I was. That was just a subconscious reaction that I was used to having that I was able to break. That's exactly right. I think it's important to remember that we are not just our actions. We're not the sole result of what we do. We're also what our intentions are behind our actions. And if our intentions are to try harder and to be better and to be kinder or more open or whatever you decide you want your new pathway to become, that's who we are. We are what we try to be because eventually if we try enough, we will become that. So we're not expected to be perfect because we're not going to get it right on the first time or the second time or the third time. We might get it right for six months in a row and then have one outburst and get it wrong again. That's okay. That's not who we are. We're not defined by the moments where we don't act exactly the way that we would like to. It's more about how we try to get there. The important thing is to work towards having more time between the trigger and the reaction so that we can have the time to be intentional about the way we react to things. It is work to replace your patterns, but don't judge yourself if you can't get it right away. Don't judge yourself if you mess it up. Don't judge yourself if you have anger. Don't judge yourself if you ruminate or you jump to conclusions or you catastrophize. That's not who you are. Who you are is a person who recognizes that that's not how you want to react and does something about it. We don't control most of the things in our life. Like we really don't control if we have endometriosis and we really don't control if pizza makes us flare and we don't control the weather and we don't control if our partner's in a bad mood and we don't control the deadline that they set at work for us to turn our project in and we don't control our period pain or if Brittany bleeds on a chair or if I bleed on a famous person. Like (laughs) we don't control any of those things. but. I think that with practice and with awareness and with intention, we can learn to control the way that we react, the way that we face our problems in life. And in that way, we can control our relationship with our life, our relationship with our endometriosis, our relationship with our challenges. And that is powerful and that is freeing. Doing a practice like this, learning to become aware, making steps to change your thought patterns, that can be so freeing. For me, that was a big game changer because with endometriosis, I feel like things are going wrong. I don't want to say always because that would be that black and white thinking. So I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and say like 99.5. One, you see, I didn't do nine. <laughs> wow, that's right. A whole point nine percent mm-hmm. of the time, it's I went not to the going. gray area. I didn't do black or wet. I went like really dark, dark, a dark charcoal. <laughs> yeah, like that's where I'm All at right. right now. But I feel like with having an illness, with having endometriosis, a lot of bad things are happening to us. Like there are a lot of really difficult days. There are a lot of painful days. There are a lot of days where maybe we feel worried and afraid. It's really hard to have endometriosis. And so if we can have just a little ounce of control over how we feel and how we react and how we think, it can make a huge difference in our mood, in our happiness, and in our life. 
We'd love if you reached out to us and let us know what you're working on, like what unwanted reactions do you have, what cognitive distortions do you have, and how are you changing them, what are you using to replace those pathways. If you want to share, we would love to hear from you. As always, we are on Instagram at in16yearsofendo. We're on the website in16years.com. You can connect with us there if you would like to send us an email. If you love the show, please go ahead and leave a rating slash review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. It helps other people find the show. We will talk to you next time. 